Well, here we are. I'm your host, Leonardo. Thank you very much for joining me. This is Subliminal Message Studios. Welcome. You know, usually when I first start every one of my broadcasts off, I I try to give something um, inspirational. I try to s- give you hope and faith for the future because in, in, in the times where in, t- in times and days where everyone is looking to either judge someone else for what they say or start an argument or in, in, in a day where everyone is looking to for a fight, I, I want I, I, I'd hope I'd hope that everyone realizes that we're only fighting ourselves. We're only fighting ourselves and the real people that um, are in control, the same people that we look to to pass laws and stuff like that, they don't fight with each other. You know, and even if they do fight with each other, they still, they still, they come together and they show unity to make themselves stay in power. If that, I don't know if I'm saying that right. You see, the people that are in control of this world, regardless of their arguments, they will always come together to manipulate you and manipulate us into fighting with each other so they can stay in control. So that's why it's so, um, it's so I, I, at least in my belief, I think it's so important for us to honestly start listening to our neighbors start paying attention to what our families uh, are doing start getting involved in our friends and start believing in them you know start educating yourself around the people that you see on a daily paper uh, a daily basis stop judging them and only looking at the people that you see on a screen or on your phone as that's the kind of life i want to have you know so um let's all let's all just remember to Try our hardest to not only stay kind to one another, but try our hardest to realize that if bad comes to worse, who is going to be right by our side? Because it's not going to be the people that you look up to so much on your television screen or on your cell phone. You know, the ideologies that you're going to get, you know what I mean, when you put your, when, when, when pressure gets put on you are suddenly going to drastically switch because you're going to realize that those people that you looked up to so much, well, they're nowhere to be found when, you know, things are going really, really bad for you and you have to look around and suddenly realize, well, the people are around you. Those are the people that you need to listen to. You know, and educate yourself more. Try to understand them more and go up to those people that you you can't seem to talk to because you just want to freak out on them. You need to understand that that's how you're really going to educate yourself, ladies and gentlemen, is arguing with the people that you don't understand. Now, is there a certain extent, and I, I want to make sure you're hearing what I'm saying, is arguing, you know what I mean? There is times to fight, whether it be emotionally or physically. There are times to fight. That also makes us stronger. You know, never, never, people need to stop confusing anger with passion. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I honestly hope we really, really can get to that um, one day, ladies and gentlemen. So right before we get to this news, thank you very much for um, everything that you're doing. 
You know what I mean? Like, like I said, even if it's the simplest thing, opening up a door for someone that you honestly don't even like, or you've never met him before, but you can just tell you wouldn't like that person, but just, you're going to open up the door for him anyway. You know, be kind to one another. Forget about being nice. You know what I mean? Because being nice to everyone, that doesn't work. You know, it really, really doesn't. You know, being ah, you want to be nice to everyone. That shit doesn't work. You know what I mean? Because everyone is not going to be nice to you. But being kind to one another, well, that's a whole nother step. That's a different step in a different path and a direction that we have been manipulated to stay away from. It's just like when they tell you to accept everything. You know what I mean? Let's. I mean, come on, be honest with yourself. You'll never be able to accept everything. Now, most of you know know that full well because, and if you are, and if you don't think that's true, man, look look at one of your ex boyfriends or look at one of your ex girlfriends. Have you accepted her? Hell no, you haven't. Have you accepted one of your friends that screwed you over for maybe banging one of your friends or one of your uh, best friends? You know what I mean? No, you still haven't accepted that man. You know, it's. I mean, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm telling you the truth, man. But if 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 you if you look at it with in a different perception and realize you don't have to accept everything, but do you have to tolerate some things? Do you have to tolerate some things? Yes. Yes. In this life, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to tolerate some things, but exception and tolerance are two totally different paths. And once again, they have manipulated us into believing that tolerance is a path that we should not go down. I mind you, everyone. I, 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 I would, I would highly want you to go down the paths that are the most that are the most darkest, because it is in the darkest moments that you can find true greatness, benevolence, and true love. And I honestly mean that, ladies and gentlemen. So before we get to this news, I don't want to drag on for too long. Um, you know, there is a lot going on, especially with the um, local area. We have a lot of uh, a lot of thunderstorms that uh, came down. Let me tell you what, man. Um, I slept right through them, though. <laughs> I honestly did. You know, thunderstorms, I honestly love thunderstorms so much. Even if they wake me up, I will wake up from them. And if, unless it's something like, I mean, obviously, like, you know what I mean? If, if I hear something that's like, you know, that, that, that ain't no dang thunderstorm. And if it is a thunderstorm, something's definitely wrong, you know, but like, I, I, um, I love them. Some people are scared shitless of them. And I, I understand why, you know, um, I was, you know, side note, I was camping uh, a while back ago, ladies and gentlemen, this is just a short little story. I'm, I'm going to get to the news here, uh, here soon, but I was camping a while ago and, um, I was out at um, Lake Cunningham, and this was uh, prior to them shutting it down. So I was over there, and um, I set up tent, and all this and that, man. And a couple days passed. Uh, I was there for about a week, and on my last day, it started pouring down hard. And I mean, like, I mean, the you could feel the earth rumbling from the thunder. I mean, lightning was crashing down everywhere and there was rain coming down like a monsoon. It was something right out of Jumanji. And the whole time I'm laying down and by this time I had my tent all set up. So there wasn't much water coming in. You know, I had to set up to where it, I had a couple kind of like barriers outside of the tent. So not a lot of water can come in, but 
<clears throat> that whole night felt that was the most zenfulest sleep I've ever had. To feel the ground itself rumbling, and it was probably all night. It probably rumbled all freaking night for like six hours straight. And to hear the ground just kind of, it felt like it was talking in a way. And then to hear the rain come down, it was just the most zenfulest night. You did not need YouTube. You did not need any sounds to go to sleep. It was the most peaceful thing um, ever. When I woke up uh, the next day, thank God, the little barrier had stayed intact. So it, there wasn't much uh, rain that got in the tent, you know what I'm saying? But it was it was honestly, um, it was very, very peaceful. It honestly was. And I, and I, I'm, I, I, now that I know what I know about camping, man, um, I always wish for a night like that again, but then again, I start thinking about it. I'm like, nah, that was, maybe that was just, uh, you know, one of those nights that's only going to happen one time, you know what I mean? But, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, I want to get to this news. The first thing I want to get to is, um, cause I hear, I, I see this everywhere on Twitter. I see, and this is another one of these talking points that I see all over Twitter. I see all over Facebook, all the libtards are so, oh, the oil companies are so greedy and, no, 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 no. The oil company, you know, it's it's all the same shit. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, the first thing we're gonna dip into is not only um because I I wanted to get it's about like uh three three minutes and forty five seconds, uh it's um uh, it's it's a um, uh, Sky News um Australian news, but they have some clips in there of um Joe Biden's uh, most recent um appearance at Jimmy Kimmel. I forgot to get to it uh, yesterday. And I got to tell you, I've I seen the clips, right? I've seen the clips that they're about to play, but I just wanted to get to it one more time because it's... Now that I'm watching watching it again, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's almost like it's gotten worse. And I've never watched a video from a president where I've watched it one time and then watched it another time and then watched it another time and it, it's consecutively got worse each time I've watched it. This is probably the first time. And I've seen some videos from some presidents like Ronald Reagan straight up just, you know, making some racist remarks. And you know what I mean? I watch them once, watch them twice. You know what I mean? And after a while, they kind of lose their effect. But it's it's, it's sad as shit, ladies and gentlemen. But um, uh, without further ado, I just want to get to this real quick. Let's play this now. Check in with the leader of the free world who is blaming everything and everyone. For his administration's many failures, including the US's energy crisis. Remember, the US was a net energy exporter under President Trump, but under Joe Biden, who in his first day in office cancelled the permit for the Keystone Pipeline, well, there's an energy crisis. Biden wants to blame external factors beyond his control for this self-inflicted mayhem. But what is happening is precisely what he said would happen during the 2020 presidential campaign. He promised to slash emissions and kill fossil fuel projects. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee you, 
we're going to end fossil fuel. What about if they stop being fracking? Is it not like pipeline No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against that any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. <laughs> no, we're going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. I, um, I'm sorry. I should I should have. Um, Reminded uh, they, they were going to play some uh, clips that were backtracking from his um, from when he was running for presidency, and I, 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 I just find it hilarious because, like you know, I remember him saying this stuff, and I, of course I, I've I, I watched these clips as well, but I remember him saying all this stuff, and then lo and behold, you know what we got going. Look what we have going on right now with our um, gas prices, and I also want to get to us um, uh, some more news of. Um, of uh, Janet Yellen and uh, the Fed simply saying um, uh, uh, what they're saying is our, uh, we fear that our sanctions were so rough on Russia that they have impacted the U.S. economy. And it makes absolutely no sense because Russia's economy is booming right now. But let's get back to this clip. The transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth? even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greater economy? The answer is yes. Well, elections have consequences, as do mad grain policies. The answer is yes. going to find out. But back to President Biden. It is what was blaming what he calls the Putin tax for soaring gas and food prices. I understand Americans are anxious, and they're anxious for good reason. I was raised in a household when the price of gasoline rose precipitously. It was a discussion at the table. It made a difference when food prices went up. But we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. At least he was lucid there when he was lying through <laughs> but he was <laughs> a performance on the Jimmy Kimmel show, which started badly and got worse. Here is Biden indulging in some mask theatre by wearing a mask when he's all by himself and then taking it off when he approaches the host. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Biden then went on some bizarre rant about biracial couples on TV and bragged that his administration had done a lot of great stuff. They're just bad at communication. Oh, I'm serious. You turn on the TV, look at the ads. When's the last time you saw biracial couples on TV? When's the last time you saw the way, I mean, people are selling products, they do ads to sell products? That's just something enough, but um, um, all right, so real quick, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I do, um, I just, I, I just want to inform you guys because, like I said, everyone's talking about um, 
And there's another clip I want to. Oh, because I do, I, I do, I apologize. Uh, my videos always, you know, they have a mind of their own, I swear. Um, but, but I do want to get to um, some of the data because I, I, I also see this. Everyone's putting up this uh, chart of the profit of the oil companies and how much uh, how much money the oil companies have made in 2021 and 2022 or so far in 2022 and all of this all of this uh, jargon and uh, of course in order for for in order for us to really 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 get an understanding on how much profit the oil companies have actually made over the years well we have to look back in time at least not just look at the you know the the first two years and say oh the oil companies are so greedy that they're not they're so greedy that they can't even afford to drill right now that's how greedy they are they can't even afford to drill but they're so greedy and this and that but in order for us to really really get a good grasp an aspect on um, as far as profits go with uh, oil companies and how and how much effect they've really, really, really had on the American people, then we have to look back more than just, you know, over the, you know, first two years, you know what I mean? I mean, we have to look at the grand spectrum, right? Because let's say, for instance, um, and the information I'm about to give to you right now um, is going to really, really show that too. But what if... And I'm going to prove to you it's not really a what if. But um, let's say, you know, um, right now the, the oil companies show a net worth um, at least of so far, they're around $11 billion. At least I was in um, the, uh, as of 2022, right? Around $9 billion, um, they're a max. They, they had a profit of 64.29%, right? And that was uh, between 2021 and 2022, and that's of 2022 so far. Okay, so... In 2021, at 2022, uh, 2021, it was $103 million. 2022, um, 03 and 31, it was $37 million, right? So that, these are the type of numbers that they're sh like the libtards are really like, you know, are showing everywhere and they're talking about how greedy the oil companies are. And I, I really, really want to debunk that shit right right now and this also comes when president biden starts like yelling in the freaking mic over the oil companies oh the oil company's so greedy what the hell first of all what are you talking about and i want you to slow down i'm worried about every single time biden gets mad you know what i'm worried about is him is him dropping like dropping on the mat like rick flair did in wf when you know just you know, I mean, man, I'm telling you what, but um, okay, so let me give you guys some numbers, okay? So this is in 2012, right? And, and I can go back as far as uh, uh, 2009 if you want me to. So uh, let's just start stick with uh, uh, 2000. Let's let's start with uh, 2011. How about how about we start with that, okay? So in 2011, there was um. A $797 million profit. In 2019, as of uh, the 9th of, and the 30th, it was $63 million profit. Okay? Now, in 2012, it was a $464 million profit. Did you hear what I just said? 
No, and uh, and and in the, the same in 2019, uh, 12 of that year and 31, it was 45 million dollar quarterly profit too. Now in 2013, it was 516 million dollar profit for these oil companies. And I just want you to remember who was the president during that time, because it wasn't Trump, it wasn't Biden. That was your, your your a lot of a lot of the libtards famous you know Barack Obama that you guys were you know sucking on his you know on his freaking orangutan nipples had Michelle Obama put him up in there and just all right I'm sorry all right that was maybe that maybe that was a little too much um but no okay anyways the the point of the matter is, is these these are numbers that was during Barack Obama uh, Barack Obama's term right. So in 2012 it was 464 million, 2013 it was 516 million, in 2014 it was 614 million, in 2015 it was 314 million, in 2016 it was 168 million, in 2017 it was 150 million, in 2018 it was 254 million, in 2019 it was 215 million. In 2020, it was 76 million, and in 2021, it's 103 million. And oh, and if you uh, look up to uh, 2022, so far it's about it's it's about um at 70 million. Uh, I'm sorry, not uh, 70 million dollars. Almost fucked that bad. Um, it, it's around nine, 98 million dollars. So the oil companies aren't price gouging anything. They're losing money very, very bad. And, the, and, and just to give you a, like a real like, how am I going to say this, like a, a quarterly, like a percentage wise. So in 2000, let me just get this right. In 2012, their rise was at a 72.79%. And then it goes from... 62.90% and then it falls dramatically down to 39% uh, or 0.39% in 2016 their margins actually went to not went below it was negative 59 point uh, 59% and that was once again during the um, during the 168 in 2016 that's a lot different from 2013 from 516 in 2014 from 614 million dollars ladies and gentlemen so that's that's exactly like that is exactly why we need to really 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 do our do not do your own research that's why exactly you need to do your own research that's why you need to keep yourself informed because it's numbers like these you know, I mean, as the states right now, the oil companies, they're not, I mean, they're, they're making money, yeah. But are they being greedy? No. Their percentages are, their percentages are, are up. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Their percentages are at 60.87%. But you know why their percentages of profit are up? That's because of, for all the reasons of, the Biden administration and the World Health Organization and, and really the Global Reset, the secret societies, the Illuminati, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all these elite class that are funneling down America's uh, funneling down America's ability to be independent. 
when we have so much natural resources in America on America's land, we're more richer than in natural resources than we would ever, ever, ever know. For instance, just here in Nebraska, our cornfields produce more oxygen during the peak of cornfield season than the Amazon rainforest. Fact. You know, um, so like, but I do want to get to this clip of um, of uh, Poopy in my pants and him screaming his freaking ears off at the oil companies, him full well knowing that oh well you're you're uh, you know uh, Obama it was the Obama administration that saw the most profits with the oil company all throughout his presidency, and it was actually during Trump's presidency where it, sim- it seemed to simmer off and kind of take off a little bit again because then again we are drilling on our own land, we weren't buying the fucking we weren't buying the oil from other countries in which in case they put it on a big gasoline tanker. That spews even more emission off. It makes absolutely no sense. Like it always drives me crazy. And how the libtards are saying, you know, we need to protect the planet. And then, well, what do you think we're doing when we when we buy oil? Like, what do you think? How do you think we fix these um, these windmills? Like, you know, how do you think we fix them? We you we fix them with huge gasoline driven cranes. Key word here: gasoline. Or with the batteries that are supposed to be, you know what I mean, uh, supposed to be running these electric cars. Do you have any idea who, um, scav- or uh, how am I going to say this? Do you have any idea who the workers are to get these electric batteries? Because the kids in uh, Colbert right now, let's just say they're suffering. The, the Uyghurs in China right now that are working in these mines to get these batteries... It, it's it's all it, it's it's a whole nother foundation of enslavement, and the pictures and pictures of of, of these types of um, mines and these types of camps for the camps for these kids are coming out more and more and more, and not to mention not to mention all the the more of the pollution that gets created from these batteries that we put into these electric cars. I mean, there's so many different other ways to drive these cars, ladies and gentlemen. For instance, the man that was in uh, in the middle of a creating of a creating a water a water powered engine that could go 80 100 miles per hour in a car, he just got killed in Buffalo in the Buffalo market slang. You know, he was one of the people that got killed in the mass shooting at the Buffalo market. Just a little happenstance there. That's all I'm saying. Just just a little happenstance there. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not calling them two most recent or the, the should I say, the two most mainstreamed mass shootings, false flags. I'm not saying that. I, they, I Of course, I know they happen. But I am saying there's very, very deep lies within them that we need to investigate. For instance, with the Eula Valiata shooting, the elite tactical team that was there, the Bortec team, they've been spotted at a few different other mass shootings. Actually, multiple different other mass shootings. They've just been, they've just suddenly been there. You know, just suddenly, suddenly been there. 
So there's you know just a lot of a lot of explaining to do, ladies and gentlemen, and, and it's up to us as the people to really really get the information out. It's a hold um, our our if uh, our mainstream news accountable too. You know, hold them accountable. Hold our politicians accountable, and if they don't want to, and if they don't want to talk about what the main and what the people wants to know, then we need to elect them out of office. Period. You know, we have a lot of politicians that are just refusing to admit what's going on. They're just acting like you know everything's it's just as business, and we need to we need to really really shake these guys out of um, out of out of their shell and make them wake up because. The people are going to be the ones that are going to suffer in the end. When things go from bad to worse, who is going to be at your side? So let's go to this clip real quick. Um, as stated, I say I seem to ramble on sometimes. I do apologize, guys. But I did want to give you the information over the oil companies and the, what real profit looks like with the oil companies. Because right now, that's not it, baby. You know, their profit is not it. But let's get to this uh, clip of... Poop, pooped in my pants while I was screaming in the mic like Adolf Hitler. Hey, Sullivan, <laughs> uh, how weak is it going to be today? It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, okay, so... Well, okay. Automatic for the people, fantastic album, named after a diner, by the way, in, in, in Augusta, Georgia. Um, yeah, well, let's talk... So just real quick, um, I just do want to include, this is a, a MSNBC um, a hit piece... Hollywood hit piece, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's I, I might be breaking it down here and there. It's about two minutes and forty two seconds, but I want to play the whole thing because you can. I, I want to show how the mainstream media antagonizes the I, ideologies that either way either way it goes, it's still our fault. Like it's still the people's fault. It's it's not their fault. It's it's always our fault. Furthering the agenda that yeah. You know, it's you, it, it furthers the subliminal messaging to the people that they're not worth it. They're scum. If anything happens to them, it's because it deserves to happen to them. But let's get back to this. Talk about the, the market today, but I've got some breaking news. I also want to get you guys about energy inflation. Uh, President Biden sending a letter to about seven oil and gas CEOs this morning. We got a copy, by the way, of one of the letters that was sent. I'm not going to read it. It's about a page and a half long. But effectively, the president is sending letters to Shell, Exxon, Chevron, Valero, and a few others talking about uh, record high profit margins, saying you need to raise your output, raise your refining capacity as well. You and your companies have the opportunity to take immediate actions to increase supply of gas, diesel, and other refined products. He's trying to bring down prices. President Biden saying, quote, I have directed the Secretary of Energy to convene an emergency meeting on the topic and engage the National Petroleum Council in the next few days. So this is all brand new, guys. Uh, by the way, so I apologize for looking down and reading, literally just printed it out. The president looking to bring down gasoline prices by pressuring refiners and oil companies to produce more or buy more. Will it work? I don't think so in the near term, simply because global demand is so strong, but they're trying, guys. Uh, this is in an incredibly inflationary environment, which is why, to your point, uh, we are seeing the stock market tank. It's inflation and a real risk of recession in the next year to 12 months or 18 months is out there. All right, CBC's Brian. 
<laughs> and I, so I, I just want to stop that just one time because once again, there, there's all this talk over this. Oh, the oil companies are having massive profits. They're driving this narrative that the oil companies are the problem. We have no. Obviously, the American people are so jaded in what real economics are and what real pro. Like, like we un, the way the American people understand economics is we look at billionaires and think that they're rich. Like we look at them and like we we think to themselves like we think to ourselves they're definitely in control of some shit. And, and mind you, I, I'm going to just like let you know right now, there's some people that are billionaires and they don't control shit. They're very, very, very well off. And they're very, very, they have a big input into their own industry, right? But the real people that are like the, the people that are the elites that we are after, the elites that are in control of this world, like I, ladies and gentlemen, they're not billionaires. They're not millionaires. They don't worry about. They don't worry about million dollar profits. These these men and uh, these men and these families um, are on trillions of dollars, like trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. David Rockefeller, in his prime, was the first one to actually accumulate a trillion dollars. That's why that is uh, that's uh, that's actually why, or that was one of the mainstream uh, reasons why the um, why Congress got involved and broke apart um, the Rockefellers' um, oil monopoly. And that was a long time ago. That was back in the night. That's ancient now. It's back in the 19 freaking almost like 50s for crying out loud. That's the kind of money that these people are on. That was back in 1950s talking about a trillion dollars. David Rockefeller. Look it up. Look it up. I'm not lying about this shit. But let's get back to this clip and then we'll reanalyze. Recap. Thank you so much. Uh, and Admiral, uh, you and I are the only people at the table old enough to remember what happened in 74. That really was the start uh, with, with, with OPEC, uh, the embargo. That was the first time we realized it's really beyond our control. Uh, President Biden can release as much as he wants from the strategic oil reserve. He can do these these other things on energy, but this is driven by supply and demand. The oil, the oil companies, and I'm not blasting the oil companies because it made sense during COVID, they cut back dramatically in production because demand was way down. It take, you can't just turn on a light switch and have oil production ramp right up. Simply uh, amazing. Simply amazing. The left, the left wing me, uh, the left wing media is even even just like going after Biden just a, a tad little bit. But um, I, I do want to play uh, the clip. Excuse moi. Um, I did want to play the clip of uh, uh, Biden. Screaming his ass off! Uh, screaming his ass off at the oil companies, and this is about uh, four days ago, and him and, and him uh, saying, you know, how Exxon made more money than God this year. You know, um, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, farthest thing from the truth, and we have the real numbers. Like I said, right here for us, we have the real numbers of of. 
what profit was looking like in between 2012 and 2022 in between this little you know this uh, uh, 10 year span and it turns out that uh, their uh, oil companies had major profit in between mostly through the Obama years mostly through the Obama years exactly and then, and then Trump, you know, I mean, you know, he, uh, thank God he started to ramp up drilling and they had some profits there. But during this age, these guys aren't really, really making profits. It's not. It's not. How am I going to say this? It, it's not. Um. It's not what they're producing. It's not what the mainstream media is producing to us and telling us that the oil companies are greedy. This is, and, 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 and obviously he has no problem saying this shit. He has no problem with blaming, putting all the blame on the oil companies. I mean, first it's Putin's price, uh, price hike, Putin's price tax. Now it's, now it's the oil companies are greedy. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like we're dealing with a child. Where it's it, nothing that goes wrong. I mean, we could catch like we could catch Joe Biden giving secret documents to Vladimir Putin on camera, and he would give a press release, and the mainstream media would double down and be like, "Oh, well, actually, that was the look like of Joe Biden, and actually that you know, like they would come up with something." And sadly, the masses or what it seems to be the masses uh, the general expectation of the people would run with it and they would believe it we're 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 so much in our comfort zone i mean we we are we're, we're so much in our comfort zone and it, thank god that we we're, we're thank god that we're we're waking up slowly Thank God that we're we're waking up to the certain extent where it's it's nothing that like these people keep uh, cannot continue to gaslight the American people, you know like they can't keep on blaming stuff on the American people and if you keep on believing it then I mean you're doomed to everything that they're gonna give to you I mean everything and that and the, and the only thing that they're gonna give to you the only thing that they really want to give to you these uh this great reset is your death. They do not want you free. But let's get to this clip of Biden screaming his freaking tallywag off. Angry. Angry. If you had the person in front of you, you'd want to pop him. No, I really mean that. There are nine, nine major ocean line shipping companies that ship from Asia to the United States. Nine. They form three consortium. These companies have raised their prices by as much as one thousand percent so everything coming from asia they, they they get 90 some percent of it the stuff coming from asia they've raised it by one thousand percent that's why i called on congress to crack down and they're foreign owned foreign owned shipping companies that raise their prices while raking in this i said a hundred and ninety billion dollars in profit a seven-fold increase in one year seven-fold increase 190 billion so okay, so real quick, um, I just and this is how they double tongue to you. He's talking about I can bring up these numbers too, and I actually have these numbers right over here too. So that hundred ninety billion record profits that he's talking about, like he says in the beginning, 
they're all Asian-owned electric companies. They're all like he's literally using companies that have oil conglomerate umbrella companies within them, but the like you know the main fucking industry of it all operates off of batteries. Like you know what I mean? Make the new generation of batteries, kind of like the batteries that they're putting in cars right now. And he's talking about a hundred like a hundred ninety billion profit. Well, of course, dude, you're the one that is putting these tariffs in onto Russia, and not only that, you're the one that's putting these tariffs in onto our own oil companies and on American lands, on federal natural resource lands, and then you're making deals with the Chinese military and the Chinese government and Chinese-owned companies, and then here he is talking about, oh, $190 million, uh, you're the one that are, you're, like, he's literally... Not him personally, but his administration and the left libtars, the Great Reset, the secret elites, they're all making deals with them. And this is how they double talk to the American people. Let's go. The Senate passed legislation and hopeful the House is going to act soon to crack down on these companies, as I've asked, and lower the cost. And I'm grateful to two Californians, Speaker Pelosi and John Gerundi, for, uh, for leading this effort. Thanks, John. I really mean it. It's a big deal. People are at home trying to make it, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Or wondering, well, like, what in God's name do nine, understand it, what nine shipping companies have to do with it? Well, almost everything you're doing, everything from what you're eating to what you're having to drive to what, you're, what you need in your home, it related to the supply chains and what's coming from abroad. I'm doing everything in my power to blunt Putin's price hike. Bring down the cost of gas and food. There's that double tongue again. Coordinate the largest release of global oil reserves in history. 240 million barrels to boost supply to keep prices from rising even more. Thanks to America's leadership in diplomacy, we've helped Europe reduce its reliance on Russian oil by tripling our natural gas systems to Europe compared to last year. I'm working closely with our European partners to get 20 million tons of grain locked in Ukraine, already in their silos now. Ukraine and Russia, two major suppliers of grain and corn. They have 20 million barrels, I mean 20 million in, in, their, in, in their silos right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta stop. But like, you know, like you realize how, like what he's saying, how he's, he's literally saying how he admits to Russia and Ukraine being the biggest output of artificial fertilizer. And then he and then he turns around and says, "But well, we need to put tougher tariffs on uh, tariffs and put tougher sanctions on Russia." What? What? Like? What do you? This is making absolutely no sense. And then sadly, the American people are not hit to uh, the double tongue. Um, you know the double speak that goes into these uh, secret societies and how they confuse the American people with this double speech. It's really. It's. It's honestly really, really ostentatious of how they use it and they present it on screen everywhere you go it's it flips the narrative on up and down and leaves the mind at a blank resource of no thought i don't know how else to say this but it really really does it leaves it leaves american people ultimately confused without them independently excuse me independently doing their own research and I understand that that takes time, and I understand that a lot of what, what a lot of people tend to do, and especially the way the algorithm algorithms are 
on Google, on your search engine, on YouTube, and all that, if your algorithm, if your uh, phone is already set up to only see what you're geared to see, then it's going to take some time for you to look into and actually get some real information because you're going to literally have to dig through probably like four or five pages on your search engine before you actually start to get other outlets and federal outlets too that have real numbers on there and not inflated numbers that actually say it right on their page. Oh, these are the numbers that the feds got from the CDC or these are the numbers the feds got from, you know, the World Health Organization. You know, you're going to have to do some digging, but it is there. And I understand why it's usually if people cannot get uh, a truth right then and there and it takes for them to evaluate what they believe, they usually just step aside and say, you know what, whatever. But let's get back to this clip. So we're trying to help them to get that and the Russians are blocking the export. They're not allowed out to the Black Sea and we're trying to figure out how to get it out of the country get to around the world. It will bring down prices. But there's more. There's more than one way to solve this problem. We're continuing working to bring down food prices and gas prices and save families mother money by dealing with other items. My dad used to say, it's all about the standard of living, how much you have left in the paycheck at the end of the month. How much is left to do the basic things? So if you add up all the things that people need just to do their do everything from take care of their kids to turn the heat on and air conditioning on and everything in between. There's a lot of ways we can reduce their cost, their cost of living, other than if we should, while we're trying to get at, at the grain and, uh, and gas. Focus. We made out a plan, for example, lower prescription drug costs. That would fundamentally affect the well-being of every family. I, I, can't, I can't do it. You know how, okay, so right, right there, Right there, the, the 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 their idea of oh he he says all the soul people needing to turn their electricity on people needing to eat but you know what we're gonna do we're making it we're gonna make it cheaper for drugs to be on American streets never mind the pharmaceutical companies creating fentanyl creating addictive uh, psychotropics never mind them creating. And giving basically methamphetamine, which is Xanax, to children, we're just going to make it easier for the American people to get drugs. We're not going to make it easier for them to get, you know, food, you know, water, maybe turn on their electricity. You know, I mean, I'm just throwing that in there, right? You know, <laughs> kind of a conspiracy theorist here. Sorry. But it's it's amazing. That's the first thing, you know what I mean, that, that he goes to. For instance... We're gonna lower health. We're gonna lower pill pill prescription costs. We're making it. We're gonna make it easier for the American people to be drugged out. Come on, man. That's what my son does. He smokes crack all the time. Federal crack, that is. Come on, man. Those of you who know somebody who has type two diabetes, fucking can't do it. An insulin requirement monthly. You know, it costs an average of six hundred forty-seven dollars a month. It can cost as high as a thousand to some place. Do you know how much it costs to make that one little vial of insulin? $10, T-E-S. Fuck that insolent bottle, okay? We no, want food. Research has been done since that was, was invented. And the charging is outrageous. So I think we should be able to have the Medicare do what they do when they deal with the VA. VA says, we're only going to pay you so much for this. 
If you don't want to, and because they, the Medicare negotiates the price for them. Well, if Medicare is able to negotiate the price on insulin, guess what? It comes down a whole hell of a lot. Outrageous numbers. And so we can put a cap on insulin at $35 a month, and they'll still make a significant profit. Ten bucks to manufacture, 35 bucks. For example, we can begin by lowering the cost of high-speed internet, because what you all did dealing with the... Uh, uh, with uh, the, the, the infrastructure bill. Working with the service providers, we cut the price and rise the, raise the speed. Potentially lowering high-speed internet bills on average for average family, $30 a month. Okay, well, you're making... I mean, fuck, Mike, who can't... Okay, so this is... I'm sorry, you know, this, I, I'm just going to shut this off because I, I honestly can't do it anymore. And there's uh, some more news we want to get to. Um, on especially we, we want to get to in the next segment. We're going to be covering it. Um, we're going to follow. We want to follow into it, of course. But um, just real quick, ladies and gentlemen, I just I, I just can't get over the. I can't get over how the first thing that he went to was we're going to lower the cost of drugs so Americans can be drugged up more. And then you know what else we're going to do? I know that the American people want, you know, electricity and food to be cheaper so they can eat and feed their family. I know all that. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to make drugs cheaper. And we're going to make sure that everyone has access to the Internet. We're going to drug everyone up. And then we're going to make sure everyone has access to the Internet. That same internet is apparently to the left libtards is the problem. They need to censor that internet. But we're going to make sure everyone's drugged up and on the internet. Do you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like what? All right. I don't I don't know like what what is going on here, but um anyways, ladies and gentlemen, so like, like I was stating earlier, the Biden officials uh, are worrying that their Russian sanctions were so powerful, ladies and gentlemen. They were so powerful. They were, oh my God, they were, uh, they were so powerful. <laughs> that also brought economic suffering to the U.S. This is the most recent report coming out of Reuters, right? Their economic sanctions on Russia were so powerful, it brought economic suffering to the U.S., right? The U.S. imposed sanctions on Russia, companies and exports including oil over the Ukraine invasion. Biden officials now acknowledge that the sanctions affected the U.S. economy. They're now quietly encouraging some U.S. firms to use Russian products to try to, try to offset the damage. you <laughs> Here, let me, let me repeat this to you one more point. They're now quietly encouraging some of U.S. firms to use Russian products to try to offset the damage. So, following Russia's invasion uh, uh, of Ukraine, the U.S. banned Russian oil imports, forbade U.S. companies from doing business with Russian uh, entities, and sanctioned dozens of individuals. <clears throat> now, according to uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen... You know, go away, peasant. You're talking to me about inflation. I know nothing about that. I'm worried about equity and climate change and making sure that the Black Lives Matter group has all of its needs, including crack cocaine and drugs brought to you by the pharmaceutical companies. No, go away. Anyways, um, that Janet Yellen privately believes the spike in prices is in part a result of the outlet called unexpected self-sanctioning. 
I can't fucking do it. All right, guys. So now, now the problem is, is that we've self-sanctioned ourselves. All right. So you know, it's it's honestly, it's once again, it's your fault that the oil is up. If you're listening to this broadcast, it's your fault. Yes, <laughs> it's your fault. It's your fault that the oil's up. It's your fault that gasoline is up. It's your fault that food price is riven. It's your fault that the police don't even have money to put money in their uh, put gas in their gas tank to protect your neighborhood right now. It's your fault that literally gangs are occupying the most heat, um, uh, hottest driven neighborhoods, and they're stealing people's gas right from gas stations. It's your fault that you can't walk around without a gun now. It's your fault that they're trying to take away your guns. It's your fault. It's all your fault. It's it's, it's called self-sanctioning, okay? This is what Janet Yellen, all right? I'm just, I'm just following the science, <laughs> all right? I don't know what everyone's problem is. I'm just following the silence. Science. It's all I'm doing. I don't want to hear anything about conspiracy theories. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So, anyways, the White House did not immediately respond to the insider's request for comment. Now, um, in an attempt to combat economic uncertainty, the Biden administration is now quietly encouraging some U.S. businesses in the agriculture and shipping sphere to buy and carry more Russian fertilizer. Ha! Oh. Oh, man, I almost cussed. I'm trying my hardest not to, but I almost deserve to F. Now, in late May, the Treasury Department also extended a license so that U.S. companies could continue to do business with Russia until September 30th, as long as it was not with sanctioned entities, so that the U.S. could continue to receive taxes, fees, and import duties. All right, so this is some of the stuff that they're not telling you, right? They're all over screen telling you how Russia's bad and all this and that. And I also want to include, right, guys, this is a most, this is a very, this is a recent report. We're going to get to uh, um, the Roe versus Wade, get back to that, guys, because I want to cover, I want to cover, <laughs> I want to cover that. Um, but I just want to say this, ladies and gentlemen, I just, I just want to say this. They're coming out with this report. They're saying that, oh, Biden officials are worried that they're, Russian sanctions were so powerful that actually brought economic suffering to the U.S. They're saying this. They're saying how powerful the U.S. sanctions are when right now Ukraine is reporting that they're getting their asses beat by Russia. Right now, if you look at Russia's economics, it's booming. So what are they talking about? I I don't know how else to say that. What the fuck are they talking about? I'm sorry for my language, but at this point, what are you talking about, Biden? You're paying extra more than $30 a month to your gas, but that still increases the money out of pocket, the, the decrease the amount you have to put up. The point is, we're doing everything in our power to lower cost of family. A congressional Republican. See, there, he's doing everything in his power by making sure you have drugs, cheap drugs, and you have free access to the internet. It doesn't matter if that's the same, that's the same internet that needs to be censored and apparently you're going to find a bunch of crazy conspiracy theory on, right? That No, that has nothing to do with it. We're just going to make sure that you have as much drugs as possible. And not only that, we're going to make sure the internet is free. All right, let's go. All right, we're living in a wonderful world. And so led by Senator Rick Scott have a different approach. And if you didn't write it down, you'd think I was making it up. And I mean it sincerely. We do think you're making it up. Rick Scott tried to change his words yesterday, by the way, after he introduced this 
of the campaign. He's the guy that had the freaking the re-election of the senators on the Republican side. He realized that raising taxes on working families is a little unpopular. He said everybody, no matter what their station, if they don't, if they're on welfare, should have pay a tax. Everybody should pay a tax. Well, but here's the truth. One concrete plan that I laid out was going to raise taxes on working families an average of $1,500 a month. While we have 54 corporations out there didn't pay any tax the last two years and made $40 billion. They don't want Wait, what did he just say? Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Did he just admit to his plan raising the American families tax by a thousand times? And then he turned around and said, but there's small, there's other businesses that didn't pay any tax. I'm 100% sure that's what he just said. Let me just go to this. Well, but here's the truth. One concrete plan that I laid out was going to raise taxes on working families an average of $1,500 a month. While we have 54 corporations out there didn't pay any tax the last two years and made $40 billion. Okay, I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. Okay, well, well th there you go. Thank you very much, uh, Biden. I hadn't, I, I didn't even catch that part. I watched this entire thing right when it aired live uh, about like four days ago, and I didn't even catch that part. And how he literally just admitted my plan was gonna was gonna uh, tax the uh, American families about a thousand times more. But then we have forty corporations that they're not paying any tax. That's that's just amazing. <laughs> What the f What is going on right now? Honestly, what the hell is going on right now? And we have, uh, guys, it's... Oh, man. And, you know, in Canada, ladies and gentlemen, I, I Canada, you know how Trudeau is just, uh, you know, being like basically the gay, uh, the gay uh, uh, version of Adolf Hitler right now? Well, you know what else they're doing behind the scenes? So Toronto, out in Canada, this is just real quick. Out in Canada, they are uh, the Supreme Court um, uh, very, very secretly made it to where mass killers are eligible for parole after 25 years. They were no longer... If you're a mass killer in Canada, you can kill as many people as you want. You'll get out of jail eventually, okay? I'm serious. Toronto mass killer sentenced under shadow of Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court of Canada ruled recently that even the worst offenders can seek parole after 25 years. I, I, I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> A Toronto court filed with victims, relatives, and all others to tell the city's worst killer how he had ruined their lives. Now, when it was over, Justice Ann Molly looked at the defendant who was convicted last year of 10 counts of first-degree murder and six counts of attempted murder and sentenced him on Monday to all she could, life in prison, which in Canada now means an inmate can apply for parole after 25 years. This was all done under the shroud of secrecy, ladies and gentlemen. This just happened, too. So, uh, you know, everyone's talking about how Canada, we need to go after Canada. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. They might be able to ban the guns, but they're going to make sure that you can kill as many people as possible. doesn't matter if it's with a bomb, knife, it doesn't matter. Come to Canada, kill as many people as possible. We'll let you out of prison 25 years later. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going um, to cover the round table. You know how they had a January 6th committee for the January 6th riot? Well, now they're going to have a they're going to have a Roe versus Wade committee for the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court. 
We're living in some fucking ostentatious times, ladies and gentlemen. We have a few clips on that, guys. All right, we'll be right back. This evening, around 7.40 p.m., officers from the east side division were dispatched to a shooting just occurred. They arrived here in the 8100 block of the Gulf Freeway, and to find the uh, victim on scene, HFD arrived to treat the victim and pronounce the victim deceased. Um, at that time, they started questioning witnesses. They learned the actual incident happened in a different location when the uh, victim and occupants of the vehicle were driving down the road. A vehicle, another vehicle pulled up next to them and shot in the vehicle, striking our victim. Uh, at this time, we do not know the motive behind it. Nobody in the uh, vehicle knew exact cause of why this happened. And uh, at this time, we were still trying to locate the original scene. She was a female described to be in her 30s. Um, and then the suspect was described to be a young black male driving a darker colored Toyota SUV without a state tax. Yes, possibly uh, somewhere that he believes around Monroe and 45. He wasn't sure of the exact location. Wa-boom! Bibbidi-bang, bibbidi-hang, shibbidi-shibbidi-dang-dang. My point of the matter of uh, starting off with that video, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason why, because uh, I, I want to get to it. Before we get to uh, some more news, guys, I want to get to this, and it's a short little, it's just, it's, it's just, this is more or less my opinion. Um, of course, my opinions have often come to be true as soon as I give them. But anyways, anywho, in any ways. So, um, lately out in uh, the eastern and um, western parts of America, there have been gangs that have been targeting uh, gas stations and like obviously obviously to take their gas, but they've been specifically targeting gas stations in poor down neighborhoods or you know in um, neighborhoods that aren't doing so well, which is every neighborhood nowadays in America. But um, they're waiting until the subject goes in, pays for the gas, and then they're coming out, and that's when the robbery starts. So I want every single one of us to um, def make. Make um prepare now for those types of scenarios to come to the Midwest, because this is one of these situations where it's just like I um I told you I told the Omaha people about the Cadillac converter gang rings that we're going to start uh, operating in uh, the Midwest. They're going to start coming to the Midwest and stuff like that. And lo and behold, they did. And it's just like how I told you um home invasions and there's going to be different gangs going to start uh, operating here in the. Midwest here in Omaha specifically and then you know lo and behold robbery started to happen everywhere so guys this is another one of these things where I want you uh, the Omaha people I want you guys to be prepared for this to come to Omaha Nebraska because these types of gangs are going to eventually make their way into the Midwest and start operating in the Midwest so we need to start being prepared now we need to start making those Take, taking those steps to where if when we are or when we uh, go to a gas station and there's no other gas station that we can go out to get gas well now we've taken steps whether that be arm yourself um do you know it, it does it doesn't matter but you, you've taken steps to where you can avoid a situation like that even if it means just carrying some extra gas in your car you know what I mean and, and you can do that safely you know what I mean without it smelling or anything like that 
Um, I, I wouldn't do it all the time. I wouldn't leave it in there, but just be mindful of because this is the this is all going to escalate and this is going to come to the Midwest. The crime and the um, different types of uh, gangs that operate in the eastern parts of America and the western parts of America they all eventually come in here. And with the Taliban and Al Qaeda training Latin American cartels and Latin America specifically, everything we told you guys about the world wars and the world militaries, it's all coming to be true. You know, I mean, Latin America is telling uh, Latin America is telling America to fuck off. Japan is even shaking their heads now, and like report after report are coming out now. Maybe we made a mistake uh, siding with America. Maybe we make deal with China. Like that wasn't the deal the entire time. Russia and Germany. Oh, that this is a a really scary headline that I just kind of saw come out of German news, and I did, I I literally had to print it like i had to reprint it i had to print it all off and then run it through my scanner and then uh like basically i there's just like a app that i use and it'll translate the stuff for me but um this is out of the german uh, german um german polit uh, german political news guys they're actually stating now that maybe we're going to make we're going to start making deals with russia and these sanctions are pushing our people too hard so we're going to start making deals with russia and we might actually start backing Russia, which is not, which is like, if you think that's a big blow to Ukraine, no, 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 it's not a big blow to Ukraine. Ukraine is going to eventually make a deal with Russia. And then, and the, you know, whose fault is going to be, it's going to be ours. They're going to make a deal with Russia. And then all these countries that have been arming up to the teat while we arm them and we help them arm themselves. Lockheed Martin is over here making deal with those guys, that guy, Myanmar manufacturer. Those, those arms dealers are arming up the eastern parts of the world. And both of these gun manufacturers are working together. This shit gets deep, ladies and gentlemen. You got to get real deep with me. I mean, real deep. I mean, I mean, super. And you know why they're doing? You know why all this is coming out right now? You know why this is coming out right now? Is because right now is when the World Health Organization just made a grand spectrum, and, and they made agreements, and these agreements are going to come in late August, apparently, where they're going to make agreements with every single country when a pandemic hits. Every single country is going to have their own agreement with them, but it's all going to mean the same thing. If a pandemic is in your country, we own your military. We own your economic system. We own your, your hospitals. We control it all. And there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said with that, too. I mean, because then you have to think, well, what is a pandemic? I don't know if you, uh, if you ladies and gentlemen, have been following what a pandemic is. Well... The terminology, I'll say it like that, the terminology, uh, that um, definition of a pandemic has been changing. Pandemic used to mean, hold on, let me um, bring this up real quick. Hold on, my bad, I didn't look it up. So the pandemic used, uh, pandemic used to mean, and this is back in 1990, occurring over a wide geographic area and typically affecting a significant proportion of the population, right? And it goes on by uh, 1918, flu was pandemic and uh, claimed millions of lives. <coughs> uh, still to this day, they've actually up 
the flu by different vaccinations, considering the flu was actually added with our own body. And then they created an antidote to that, which actually created a bigger virus. That's why we have the super flu now. So now, now, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you look up the uh, pan, uh, pandemic definition in 2022, pandemic has actually changed to pandemic is the same. Uh, a pandemic could be also referred to as an epidemic. An epidemic is an outbreak of disease that spreads quickly and affects many individuals at the same time. At the same time. And then it just stops. Then it just stops. So it's it's like so the definition, the definition of pandemic is changing within itself. And um it's changing for the worse. You know, a lot of the, it's uh, how okay, okay, all right, let me let me uh, stop joking around. <clears throat> it's changing because they know full well the next time a pandemic happens, they're going to need a different type of control. And this type of restraint and control that is going to go into effect when these next lockdowns come, they're going to be a lot more physical. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're going to be a lot more physical. They're going to be a lot more abrupt. They're going to be a lot, a lot more outright. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, um, let's get into some more news. Um, I, I do apologize if um, I, I, t I tend to ramble along. Sometimes I tend to get off on subject, uh, and, I, and I do apologize for that. It's it's just my thing, and I do have a Georgie stutter. What I mean by Georgie stutter, it's that you know. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, Georgie, you know, uh, it, that Georgie, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I keep on forgetting to ask my brothers, where the hell did I get this Georgie stutter? But anyways, um, so, um, uh, real quick, before we get to, um, Kamala Harris's round table is what they're calling it. It's, it's, it's almost like it's basically a Roe versus Wade committee. You know how they had the January 6th committee for the January 6th riot? Well, now they're having a Roe versus Wade committee for the Supreme Court decision of Roe versus Wade. Unfucking believable. I mean, they're having a. I mean, it's bad enough they're having a January sixth committee over a riot, which is well within the uh, well within the free speech. It's the definition of free speech. There is now. There is. I, I want. I want to include this. Rioting is in like it's part of the free. It's part of your free speech, right? Part of your free speech. Are those cons? Are there consequences to your actions? Yes. So while there is, so while rioting is within uh the um within our First Amendment, well within our First Amendment because it ultimately gratifies your rights of free speech, your rights of self-expression. You have to also realize there's a double edge to that sword. There's consequences to those actions. You can't go out there and write and start killing and maiming people because you want to call it a right. There's consequences. If you go out there and start burning buildings and there's children within that building, you just didn't care. You just molotov it anyway. There's consequences to those actions. If you're burning, if you're beating people up with mobs of people, 
and you're threatening people with mobs of people and, and like just like what happened with Justice Kavanaugh we have some news on that too where the there is a man charged with the attempt, the attempted assassination of the Supreme Court Judge Kavanaugh something that the left libtards advocated for left and right will they be held accountable no they won't be which is why we have so much evil but I, I do want to get to this ladies and gentlemen I, I once again I'm getting off subject so Pentagon to swap out nuclear boss with LGBT driven Europe commander and more. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Now we're having the man that is going to be in charge with arming up our freaking Air Force jets. And he is an LGBTQ driven Europe commander and more. They're going to do more. They're not going to stop there. They're going to keep this going. Oh, God, they're going to keep it going so much. Oh, yeah. They're going to keep it going, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I'm i sorry, but, um, you know, uh, I, 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 can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I honestly can't do it. We're like, we're, we're almost 50. We're, we're not even 15 minutes into our freaking broadcast. And I, I'm literally, I can't do it. Why are we allowing this? <laughs> like, what is going on? What is the point? Why would we? Why would it matter if if if, uh, if the new commander of the air force is LGBTQ driven? What the? F We're talking about nuclear bombs. What is he going to do? Press the button with like fairy dust or something like that? What is going on here? Um, uh, you know what? Uh, <clears throat> you know, guys. Um, you know, I, I was wondering why I smoked cigarette, why I smoke cigarettes, but now I definitely know. I mean, at this point, smoking a cigarette is a lot more, a lot more safer than getting vaccinated. And now, now. I mean, it's bad enough that the Chinese just made a warning to the U.S. and saying, and and, and like just yesterday they told the U, uh, United States military, "You're not coming through the Taiwanese Strait anymore," and then they blocked it off. <laughs> and this is, and this is, I saw this, and guys, this is Washington Post for crying out loud. They blocked it off. Now, of course, Washington Post goes on by saying. NATO has actually concluded in helping them with this war-driven exercise. But NATO is standing by to see if there's any more escalations too while this, uh, while this situation is ongoing. Oh, NATO is watching them do this wartime exercise and they stand by while this, while this exercise is ongoing. They just blocked off the Taiwanese Strait. What are you talking about? Stay this is... <laughs> Now I know why, but yeah. Uh, so, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. I just wanna. I just wanna tell you guys about that because that uh, that's that's mainstream apparently right now. Now, of course, NATO is saying we're just standing by. Doesn't matter that the Chinese uh, Navy just blocked off the Taiwanese Strait. Who gives it? Who cares about that? We're going to stand by and watch it happen. Are we going to do anything? According to the Biden administration, they have said three times now that if Russia or the Chinese military use nuclear weapons, we're not going to do 
shit. We're not gonna do shit. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, you know, actually, you know, scratch that. You know what we're gonna do? You know what we're gonna do? You know what we're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen? We are going to make sure that we have a most fabulous, fabulous um, general that is LGBTQ driven. So when we decide to drop nukes, he can do it with fairy dust and he can, you know, hmm. boys get on the plane with those nukes. You know, he's going to have like, you know, he's going to have like a, he's going to have a toupee and shit like that. You know, he's, get on the plane, go on, bomb him. <laughs> All right, I'm serious. So, um, General Anthony Cotton, who manages the Air Force Nuclear Weapons and Bombers as commander of Air Force Global Strike Command, was nominated June 7th. Salute the Pentagon's nuclear enterprise at U.S. Strategic Command. Oh my God, I'm getting hot just thinking about it right now. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, and this is dead honest too, guys. And it actually goes into how he's so pro LGBTQ. All right. So let me just, all right, let me get to this. Cotton is a career nuclear missileer and oversaw the Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Force at 20th Air Force before becoming Global Strikes Deputy Commander in October 2019. He rose to the command's top job in August amid efforts to suck his boss's dick real good. I'm sorry, I meant to modernize the surface's nuclear arsenal. My bad. I don't know where that came from. Build a new stealth bomber and chart out the retirement of two other bombers. If confirmed by the Senate, he would become the second black service member to run STRATCOM and the second person of color among the current slate of combatant commanders. Bravo. Oh my God, bravo. Every country in the world is arming itself to tell us to fuck off. And you know what our Pentagon is doing? We're, we're, we're still worried about putting black commanders, black gay commanders. We want to make sure it's gay, all right? It's not good enough if it's just black, okay? We want to make sure it's gay and black. Get it right, fucking racist. Jesus, I'm sorry for my language, but honestly... Now, if if confirmed by the Senate, he would become the second black service member to run STRATCOM and the second person of cover, color among the current state of combatants. He will replace Adam Charles Richard, who took the job in November 2000, 2019. The Air Force has not announced its next in line to replace Cotton at Global Strike. He is one of two recent picks to lead a combatant command, which split up the responsibility of daily organizations in regions around the world, as well as for specialized missions like cyber and space welfare. The other Lieutenant General Brian Fitton was tapped to lead U.S. Special Operations Command, and for a promotion to four-star general, the Pentagon announced Monday he is now at the helm of Joint Special Operations Command. Yep, and he's super fabulous, too. Now, let's get into how uh, fabulous and just how, uh, you know, gay are uh, maybe our, 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 our newest Air Force nuclear weapons bomber commander will be. Now, General Anthony Cotton. <laughs> Cotton. I'm sorry. General Anthony Cotton has always looked towards the LGBT group for uh, inspiration and his true role in becoming a serviceman when he first joined. 
now with him fulfilling the service uh, uh, now him, with him fulfilling the service of command boss and US uh, US European command boss NATO's supreme allied commander Walter's commission into the air force in 1982 but another fighter pilot who is hotspotted in into positions around the world he took over at EU COM in May 2019. Now, his departure comes as Russia's assault on Ukraine continues into four months, spurring a massive effort to arm Ukraine troops as well as new requests from countries to join NATO. Yep. So it was all the LGBTQ that really inspires him. That's what inspires him to, to, to lead Air Force nuclear weapon and bombers. Command them with a dildo strap on both ways. And he gets inspired by the LGBTQ group. I can't do it anymore. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that's just, you know, uh, that, it's just fabulous. You know, uh, how's your day? <laughs> you know? And look, I, you know, it's, 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 you know what? Fuck it. Whatever, man. You know, I gotta, I, I, I'm gonna smoke on air. I'm done. I mean, at this point, like I said, what's going to kill me? It's not going to be this cigarette. It's going to be our fucking military command. Jesus Christ. Like, the whole the whole country is arming itself right now. Arming itself right now to the T. The whole world is arming itself to the T. And telling the world and telling their citizens, we don't think it's a good idea to be a part of America anymore. And what are we doing? We are just making sure we can be the most self-destructive as ever possible. I mean, forget about the global reset. Forget about, you know, uh, vaccinations. We're about to just die here in a couple days. What the hell? Like, what is going on? <laughs> what is going on right now? Why am I the only one that's worried about this? Like, honestly, like, you know, and I, I know there's so many other info warriors that are up on the point, guys. You guys are up on game. Thank you so much for all, you know, all your help. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's like that, but what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? Am I the only one that's reading this shit or something like that and watching this unfold? That's exactly why I started. When I first started these broadcasts, especially on Rumble, I covered the military secret societies to the point I outlined their whole plan and what was going to happen with NATO, what was going to happen with the countries, when it was going to start truly dissolving. And now I'm literally watching it all unfold right now. I'm watching Japan tell America to fuck off. I'm watching Germany and Russia start making deals. I'm watching India and, and Serbia start becoming a I start saying this is about to be nuclear war in the eastern fronts. I'm wa I'm watching it all come I'm watching it all come true. I'm watching France start saying that we do not want to be a part of NATO. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to what Macron's been saying, but yeah, lo and behold, Macron's been going along with the program saying, you know, maybe it's not a good job. Maybe it's not a good thing for us to be a part of NATO. What did I tell you was going to happen? If you don't know what I was, if you don't remember that, guys, I'd advise you guys to go to subliminalmessagestudios.com on uh, subliminalmessagestudios, I'm sorry, subliminalmessagestudios, all one word. That was subliminalmessagestudios, all one word. That 
That is Subliminal Message Studios, all one word, on Rumble. Okay? Go on Rumble, and you guys can just go look and watch all my old videos on all my old, when I was, when I was going over the military secret conglomerate that was in control of each military aspect in each country. And the secret societies and what they are talking to each other about live on freaking TV. And the news anchors and what they are talking about. It, it's, it was definitely, def, de, I was definitely, I was indefinitely, I was indubitably, I was accurate. And now it's just all, you know, not, now, you know, it's, 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 it's all, it's all getting out there. It's all getting out there. So, you know. What can we say? You know, so anyways, guys, um, once again, our new um, our new commander of Air Force nuclear weapons and uh, bombers for the um, uh, Pentagon's nuclear enterprise at U.S. Uh, Strategic Command is uh, definitely LGBTQ driven. So he's definitely going to make sure that he bombs countries with a fabulous notion, and he's going to make sure that they're, you know, they're comforted and they're coddled, kind of like the babies that the scientists kill, and that they make, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars off of, and it's all good, you know, and who cares? The World Health Organization just took away everyone's sovereignty all around the world. It doesn't matter. Bill Gates is around there just, you know, just jacking children off at Jeffrey Epstein's island, and it just doesn't matter, you know? Who you just, Who cares? You know, it's, 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 why, I, I don't get it, you know, I just don't understand why people can't be more like, you know, like LGBTQ driven, you know what I'm saying? I can't understand why they just don't want to groom children and make sure children know before they're even children that they're gay and they should wear makeup. It doesn't matter whether they're a boy or girl. It just doesn't matter anymore. They should, they should be groomed and have sex with grown men because obviously that's what we're doing in schools now. How freaking trendy can I get right now? Yeah, this is it's just disgusting to me. It's disgusting to me what's going on in this world. And I pray for each one of us. Because it's this is it's 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 this is gonna affect us more than it's gonna affect any you know, any of those politicians that you looked up to and all you know, all so much. It's gonna affect us. It's all gonna come back on us. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the Biden administration has now come out and said that, you know what, maybe we put too harsh of sanctions on Russia, maybe we should start working with certain Russian companies again. 
because our economy is tanking and the American people are going to overthrow the government if we don't stop killing them. So what do they do, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I'm going to tell you what they did. They made drugs cheaper. They made drugs cheaper for you. They made the internet that's supposedly a problem because it has a bunch of conspiracy theory on there, right? Well, they made that free and widely more range for the American people. So what about food? All right, see, now that's a conspiracy right there. Who gives a shit about food? Take that Xanax, take those Zoloft pills, take your freaking drugs, and shut the fuck up. Brought to you by the New World Order. Oh, oh, and I'm going to go even further than that. We have a new commander of our Air Force Global Strike Command that will be in control of our Air Force putting weapon, nuclear weapons and bombers. And what inspires him, ladies and gentlemen? What do you ask? What inspires him? I'm going to tell you what inspires him. And it's, 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 it's so motivating, too. The LGBT group inspires him to do great things, to put on double dildos. At every door you pass by, you better hope to God it doesn't hit you in the ass on your way out because it will have a dildo sucked to it. So, we want to get... I don't know, uh, man, I don't even know it. Oh, Wow. And then parents are standing, and then parents, uh, fathers are having to standing up, are having to show up at libraries to protect their children from pedophiles and from and from women that are bringing children that their their parents, their their the the kids' parents, they don't even know that they're that these women are bringing them to these libraries, and pedophiles are there. So fathers are showing up and they're standing up for the kids and then they're being arrested, you know, and that's how it is because the cops apparently, you know, well, they're Nazis are becoming more Nazi horrific and it's just how it is. And the American people need to get used to that. Oh, but by the way, we need to fund them. We need to have social workers right next to them when they go out on duty because, you know, they're too racist and, you know, it doesn't matter if they get shot. It doesn't matter if they get stabbed. They can't do anything back. They're too racist. So, you know, I mean, life's just peachy. At least I don't know. I don't know what you think. I think life's just amazing. I do. <laughs> I honestly do. I mean, you know, I'm not just joking. Around. I think life is amazing. I will never stop thinking life is amazing. You know, it's just, you know, we have to stay informed of this stuff, man. And we have to call it out for what it is. We can't continue to allow, allow, uh, you know, the, the, the people that get, the, the people that get paid to lie to us change the definition for everything that we're going through our, in our lives and have them gaslight us and tell them this is Putin's price hike. Where did this come from? Like, who is making up these terms? That's what I want to know. I want to know the, the, the screenwriter that is making up this terminology for Biden to use. This Putin's price hike. 
<laughs> Poon's price hike. What is that? It, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, okay. So, without further ado, we want to get to Kamala Harris. And what she thinks, first of all, we want to get to what she thinks about the Russia and Ukraine war. Let's get to this now. All right, got it. Time for the Hot Topic Buzz. That was Vice President Kamala Harris giving her explanation of the ongoing crisis in Ukraine. She was asked on the morning hot cell to break it down in layman's terms for anybody who does not understand the conflict or has been living under a rock. This was widely mocked on social media. Many saying she sounds like she's talking to a bunch of kindergartners. And I also detected a little accent there, Dagan. Uh, Sesame Street, the Muppet Show would have done a much better job. <laughs> These guys, I'm sorry. So uh, I just got to, these, these, these anchors, these news anchors are brutal. They're freaking hilarious. Uh, I, and I'm not laughing at what is going on in Ukraine and, and Russia's just uh, evil behavior. But she, it would have made more sense if she had sounded more Kardashian-like. Like, Russia's this big country and it's invading Ukraine and that is like really bad. That's what she sounded like. <laughs> Joe, what do you think? Well, this is the same vice president who once said about stopping COVID, quote, it is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that things can be done in tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. In other words, when I asked my daughter, who's almost nine, to explain the Russia-Ukraine conflict because it's on the TV a lot, she gave a very, very similar but better explanation in terms of the conflict. So, yeah, and this is always somebody who, and is the best analogy possible, always looks like she has to get to a certain word count on a book report when giving an answer on something that she doesn't really know too much about. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just, that. that's too funny. That is, that is honestly too funny. And most recent news, though, ladies and gentlemen, Kamala Harris made a surprise visit at the Capitol Pride Festival. Let's go to this right now. It's about a minute and 17 seconds, and it's just full of... It's, it's, it's just full of glee. You know, it's full of gayness. It's, it's full of... Uh, retardedness. The fact that our, our vice president is showing up at a Capitol Pride Festival... When technically NATO is at war right now, when gas prices are through the roof, like, okay, let me just say this. Kamala Harris showing up at this uh, Capital Pride Festival really should show the American people of their work ethic. All jokes aside, I'm being dead serious. This should really, really show their work ethic. Because keep in mind, what's really, really good, the same thing goes on the left. I, I'll call you guys out for what it is. Do you guys really, really want a vice president that's just going to show up at one of your pride, uh, pride festivals that you took the time to set up? She didn't support you setting it up. You took the people took the time. The libtars took the time to set that to set that up, right? Do you really want a vice president that's just going to show up at your fe a festival and act like she's for you and all this and that? Meanwhile, she gets absolutely nothing done for you, passes no new laws for you. And on the same goes on the right side. Like, do we really want a, a vice president that her work ethic in the me while while, um, you know, this horrible war is happening in Russia and Ukraine? 
why our gas prices are going through the roof, why food is going through the roof, why Medicaid is going completely almost dissolved, while America is basically crumbling down, do we re really want a vice president that is taking the time to show up at someone else's festival? Something that she never even set up. Had no part in. Doesn't even care about. Ask yourself that. Let's go to this clip now. Pride matters. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. All of that does not matter. You want to know what matters real quick? Pride does not matter, but loving yourself matters. Why don't we try loving ourselves as individuals? And I know that's really hard to do because then you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you have to be like, oh, my God, I hate myself. You know, I, I get it. But, like, you know, you're going to have to start loving yourself without presenting your LGBTQ bullcrap all over the world. Because LGBTQ is definitely not the majority. I mean, you can look up the, the, the statistics on that. They are definitely not the majority. Most definitely not. They're a very, 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 very small minority. so amazing wasn't it that's so amazing that Kamala Harris showed up at someone else's festival while America is literally falling apart while tampons are apparently now are now um, uh, barely on the shelves women can barely find tampons yeah so you know I mean you know we're having you know we're having a you know I mean you know, having a fabulous time I think we're having a great time. I, I think we're doing slow. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get to this video of uh, Kamala Harris at her uh, roundtable talk. Okay, guys? And then we're going to give you a little information on this. It's about a 5-minute uh, and 30-second 30, 30 uh, video. <clears throat> and it's just full of... Um, Full of some of the same Hollywood uh, hit pieces that are in the January 6th committee. Almost like a Hollywood producer is screenwriting it. Hmm. Kind of like the January 6th committee. Hmm. Decisions about their life, about their family, 
about their body without government interference. And so there's a lot at stake in, um, in the outcome of this decision. And for that reason, I've asked these, these experts to, to be here to talk with me about how we might best prepare the American people for the consequences of what this decision um, will be in terms of their life and the choices that they are able to make and have a right to make, so that at the very least, um, folks can be prepared. But I do believe that um, we should prepare. All right, just, just real quick. What does she mean by so it can be prepared? What rights are is what rights are, is this round table or you know this new? It's basically the a new January sixth committee for Roe versus Wade. But what's what rights are they? Is she really really going to give back to women? I mean, like, what is she going to prepare for women? Like, this is the this is where this double tongue talk comes into effect. I mean, ask yourself as a woman, what the hell is she going to give you? What is she going to give you? They, what information? What information you treating you like you're a retard? Like you can't go out there and get the, get the information yourself? Or not only the, not only that, we, we're, I'm going to get into some of the, the the people that are at play behind the scenes and the people that are working with Kamala Harris on this roundtable, the tech companies that are working with Kamala Harris on this. But ultimately, my 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 real question is. is what what the hell? What is she gonna give to women that is so special that women just won't have without Kamala Harris? Because apparently Kamala Harris is gonna lead the charge when it comes to Roe versus Wade. Prepared, but I do believe that um, we should prepare for the right to privacy to be attacked and under attack with this decision, and um, and that will have a number of implications. If Roe is overturned, I believe that states will then have the power to interfere in personal decisions. I do believe that there are three specific areas that we should be prepared um, to, to address. One is the issue of data privacy and um, the potential that if Roe is overturned, that states um, that have criminalized abortion um, could subpoena a woman's personal data and so I want to talk to these experts about their concern and the level of their concern about that very issue. Uh, uh, you know, right, okay, so right there, that's absolutely amazing. Um, that's highly illegal, what she just said, by the way. Highly, highly illegal. That's literally the federal government dipping into state-run information without a warrant. That's very highly illegal. All of these things are highly illegal. And, and the American people really, really need to get hip to the law. At least read the Constitution for crying out loud. But get hip to the law and get hip to the difference of the powers in between state, city, local, um, and the federal government. Like the, the, the powers were separated for a very, very good reason. And what the federal government keeps on implying is what the feds say goes. And a lot of states are falling in line with that. And that's because they are part of the global agenda, this global reset, car swabs. They're, they're part of it, man. They're part of this depopulation process. And it's a sick, sick thing because they think they're part of the group. They have it in their mind that, oh, man, I ain't even tripping. I'm part of the group. No, you're not. They're going to kill your bitch ass, too. I'm sorry, but let's go back. About their concern and the level of their concern about that very issue, uh, including... For example, 
um, the vulnerability of women who are using menstrual tracking apps. Um, the okay, right there. That's that's total. She is just throwing shit out there. And you know what? And you know what? Yeah. What, the, women can't even get there's there's barely even tampons on the shelves. I don't think women are really worried about someone tracking their menstrual app when they can't even freaking get tampons. Those who Amazing. Um, use a search engine to find certain locations or certain health in terms of their reproductive health and how vulnerable those searches will be to bad actors attempting to track um, their history, much less any government sources that may be interested um, in, in, in investigating that for whatever purpose. Uh, the issue of IVF and vitro fertilization. I have a concern that if Roe is overturned, states with abortion bans um, could potentially restrict IVF if their definition of, of life begins at the point of fertilization. But I'd like to talk to these experts about their thoughts about that and whether the law is established or not, well established or not, in terms of the protections that individuals have if they are um, in the process of IVF. And then on the issue of contraception, if Roe is overturned, um, we believe that states with abortion bans from the moment of fertilization could potentially restrict uh, specific types of contraception, in particular IUDs and the so-called morning after pill. And so I'd like to talk to these experts about their thoughts in terms of the legal theories that would be at play um, if that were to take place. I do believe that overturning Roe could clear the way for challenges uh, to other fundamental rights, including the right to use contraception and, um, and same-sex marriage. And so um, I'm going to talk to these folks about that. You know, I, I can't do it. She she had a literally like gulp in her own in her own freaking words, saying, "Oh, I, I also think it's going to affect um, a same sex marriage." <laughs> like, what 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 is a, what is a guy having sex with another guy affecting abortion? What what is that? How how, how do those two come into play, Mrs. Kamala Harris? I'm not even going to call you my vice president because you're garbage. But I just want to re rewind this, guys. Their thoughts in terms of the legal theories that would be at play um, if that were to take place. I do believe that overturning Roe could clear the way for challenges uh, to other fundamental rights, including the right to use contraception and, um, and same-sex marriage. And so um, I'm going to talk to these folks about that, and I think it's a very important point to make that many of the states that have passed trigger ban laws are also the states that are passing laws to restrict trans rights, gay rights, and freedom to vote. All right, so right, right there, um, right there, all eyes. There's states that are restricting pedophiles from identifying as women so they can walk into schools and touch children, okay? There are states that are putting, that are, that are, they're, they're being forced to put in laws into effect because of the ideologies that the left Democrats are bringing and, and saying, oh, we're going to restrict their rights to vote. Yeah, because there's also these fucking, there's also these trans that are voting as a man and then getting dressed up as women and then voting as a woman. All real. And then and then her saying, oh, let me just replay it real quick so I don't take words out of her mouth. 
states that have passed trigger ban laws are also the states that are passing laws to restrict trans rights, gay rights, and the freedom to vote. The, yeah, you know what? No. No. All that is just total malfeasance. It's 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 literally feces. It's feces. What comes out of her mouth is feces. I don't know how else to say that. And same sex marriage, like once again. Oh, I, and I know she's going to hint to. Oh, it's because guys can get um, pregnant too. Obviously, if if you're not above that curve, then <laughs> guys cannot get pregnant. This has to stop. And, and and you know what? Like these, um, it's also surprising that the January sixth committee put their uh, put their stuff on delay. You know why they put it on delay? That's because American people were not watching it. I looked. I looked at when they went live the last time. There's only two hundred fifty two people watching it in America. Two hundred and fifty two. 252 people watching it in America. No one was watching the January 6th, January 6th committee. And it's completely unlawful for them, for them to do that. It's against their constitution. It's literally like a court that has exemption from all the court. They can lock you away and put you wherever they want to, guys. Now with this round table, they're calling it a round table because they don't want it to, they don't want to call it what it really, really is. Another January 6th committee for Roe versus Wade. I mean, these guys are sick and they have some serious, serious Michelle Obama cojones. And when you look at a diagram of the, uh, it's just a Venn diagram in that regard, it, it tells yeah. a, a real tale. Oh, does it? Of um, the ideological perspective oh. that some of these state legislatures have in terms of. This various, um, these various rights that, that folks have been given as part of what we believe are inherent rights. Oh, oh right, that right. Some of these state legislatures have in terms of... I just want to replay that real quick, my bad. I just, I just want to make sure I'm getting what you said. Oh, you can see the ideology of some of these state legislatures and their ideology. You can see how hate... You see how she's hinting towards... Oh, you can see the ideology of of these of some of these state legislatures. What she really wants to say is, oh, these these other state legislatures are racist, so they don't agree with me. They're racist, right? I got it. Legislatures have, in terms of this various um, these various rights that that folks have been given as part of what we believe are inherent rights under the principles and the ideals and values that we hold here. Um, so I look forward to this conversation, in particular, again, it is focused on the right to privacy, um, to which um, all Americans should be entitled, and what we must do to be aware of what the court might be doing to attack those rights to privacy, and, um, and what we can do to educate and inform the American people of what is at stake um, with this decision coming down probably sometime this month. So with that, let's get started with our conversation, and I thank the press for, for being part of this part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. So freaking awesome. Like, I mean, obviously, 
it's not like they're not they're not really worried about saving the children. They're just making sure that they kill the children. But like you know, at the same time, they think they're gonna like probably use those dead babies as a way to get rid of the guns. You know, I mean, it sounds it's it sounds amazing. That's all I know. It sounds it sounds great, guys. So yeah, once again, this uh, uh, the new January sixth committee, right? is operating against the Supreme Court. That's because... Uh, all Americans should be entitled, and oh. what we want to do to be aware of what the court might be doing to attack those rights to privacy, oh. and um, and what we can do to educate and inform the American people of what is at stake oh. with this decision coming down probably sometime this month. So with that, let's get started with our conversation, and I thank the press for being part of this part of it. Oh, being a part of this part. Yeah, I thank the press so much for you guys being a part of this part. But you know what? The rest of what we're going to talk about when, you know, when we really, really get into what we're going to apparently give to the American people. Well, that's all private. We're not going to tell the American people what we're actually working on, but we're just going to tell them, oh, well, uh, you know, these experts are talking with me about what we can do to prepare the American people for the consequences of that decision in terms of their life, right? Well, well that sounds amazing, Kamala. Please, tell us what you're going to do for us. Oh, well, that part is private. <laughs> that doesn't sound evil at all. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that is reporting on this right now. I feel like I'm literally the only one. Is that bad at all? Uh, literally a round table, a new January 6th committee for a, for the Supreme Court. So if they, it, more than likely they're going to rule that way, if they uh, overrule Roe versus Wade, well, then there's going to be a, a different court that's going to go against the Supreme Court now. That's where, that's where we're going with this. So Kamala Harris is working with tech companies, tech experts, law experts, and privacy experts at the round table when it comes to Roe versus Wade being overturned in the coming month. I do believe that overturning Roe could clear the way for challengings to other fundamental rights, including the right to use contraception and same-sex marriage, because after all, everyone knows that gays can get married. If you didn't know that, well then, you're just not ahead of the curb like me. And more than likely, you're probably racist. So, I mean, honestly, I'm not worried about it. You know? Racist. Now, Harris goes on by saying... Harris touched on potential impacts of privacy and data, as well as access to in virtual fertilization. One is the issue of data privacy and the potential that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, that states that have criminalized abortion could subpoena a woman's personal data. But m m Mrs. Kamala, Mrs. Kamala, women aren't even able to find tampons on the shelf right now. Okay, that's not the point. The point is, is they're going to research their data in 
we're also looking at other things. Wait, could you finish what you were saying? No, all that's private. All the rest of that is private, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, we're having a, you know, a, a, a grand time. I don't know about you guys. I don't know how you guys feel about it. You know what I'm uh, saying? An enduring one. And certainly that's what happened with me in getting to work with Barack Obama, um, having this kind of ability also to go to him. He was a first-term senator. He's on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, but um, he was the most junior member, the second most junior member in the Senate, and so he didn't have a lot of staffing. And so I could go and say, I'm free. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was on the Council for LA Foreign Relations, ladies and gentlemen. I have a few information. I, I, I have a few clips. I'm going to say that. Um, and this is involving Samantha Power. And this is the most latest upload on the Council on Foreign Relations. And um, she... Uh, um, discusses on ways how we can strengthen democracy and reverse the rise of authoritarianism across the world, apparently. Mm. You know what I mean? Seems uh, awful, awful um, familiar. Mm. Where have I heard that? I've heard that somewhere. I just can't remember where. I think yeah, that's where I heard it. I think that the first step to world, world, world governance would be something that people would be interested in. Oh, and then I also heard it here. So, homo sapiens may die out in, in, in like 80 years, is what you say. You, like, yeah, in the next century or so, the we as homo sapiens may cease to exist. Why, why is that, and, and who is perplexing hmm. Regarding our own fate, homo sapiens, we are now creating technologies to re-engineer life. Bioengineering on the one hand, and artificial intelligence on the, on the other hand. Yeah. So given these technologies, oh. I think it's very likely oh. that in a century or two, <coughs> Earth will be dominated by entities that are much more different from us than we are different from Neanderthals. You know, we share most of our body, our brain, our emotions with Neanderthals. Yeah. We are oh. certainly organic creatures like them. Oh. But in 200 years, Earth might be dominated by the first inorganic creatures in, in the history of life. Oh, so this makes sense. given the power of these technologies, I think there are just two options. Either we destroy ourselves in yeah. the process, let's do it, or we upgrade ourselves into something we can't even imagine. We can't imagine oh, it we can't imagine. because even our imagination is the product of organic chemistry. And oh. here we are talking about the emergence of entities okay. which will not be subject they won't. to the loads of organic chemistry. All right, point taken. All right, now that that now that makes sense. So basically, here in ten years, we're all gonna die. So I don't know why Samantha Power is so worried about authoritarianism across the world. Hmm. Yolof Nora Harari, do you have anything to say about that? Well, I believe that here in a year we are going to kill maybe fifty percent of the population, and then we are going to you know like what the. F what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're gonna get to these clips of Samantha Power on on the Council on Correlations and her her um her supposedly so worried about our democracy 
and authoritarianism all across the world, ladies and gentlemen. And you'd be so surprised on what she thinks about that, too. You'd be so surprised. You know, you you, you feel so empowered, right? You, you feel so empowered like the LGBTQ commander that just got in charge of our weapons and nuclear bombers air force system. You'd feel so empowered. Remember, what inspires him? The LGBT community. That's what inspires him, ladies and gentlemen. That's what keeps him up at night. Keeps him going. With with, with strap-ons on both ends. But we don't care what anybody says. We don't care how you dismiss that again. We're crazy. We think the fact that there are objects floating around in our atmosphere, apparently outside it, that are not of human origin, but are that is clearly intelligently controlled, is a huge story. In fact, it's hard to think of a bigger story. And I know it's not about January 6th, but it's important. And it has extraordinary implications for all of us. Scientists have now detected mysterious radio signals coming from space. What does that mean exactly? We don't know. Michio Kaku is a theoretical physicist, and one of the people who's been paying closest attention, so one of the most knowledgeable on this, he joins us to explain. Thanks so much for joining us. So what what do you think this is, or what could it be? Well, these are called F-or-B, fat radio bursts. They are among the biggest explosions of radio energy in the entire universe. They generate more energy than a billion suns, the energy and radio frequencies are so great that eventually the entire universe will be aware of this one explosion. And then the question is, what drives these things? Colliding black holes, neutron stars being gobbled up? Well, your guess is as good as mine, but some people, some people believe in renegade theories that perhaps there's a design to some of these things. Do they seem to be behaving in a way that suggests a design, an intelligent design? Well, first of all, we've detected 500 of these um, bursts of radio radiation. Most of them are irregular. They burst once in a millisecond, then they're gone forever. But recently, in the Chinese radio telescope, uh, they were able to show that very, their uh, bursts are periodic. And some people are saying, maybe, just maybe there's a reason for that. You see, if you were an alien civilization and you want to have a coming out party, so to speak, wouldn't you want to advertise to the entire universe that you have come of age? And that's what these bursts of radiation can do. They will eventually permeate the entire universe. Now, if that sounds crazy to you, just realize that even on the Earth, astronomers about two years from now will celebrate the fact that 50 years ago, we sent a message saying that we have come of age. Carl Sagan was the one who famously got this information together about who we are, and they broadcasted it to the heavens so that some alien civilization will pick it up and perhaps encounter us and say, hi, we picked up your invitation for your going coming up party. Interesting. Well, they, you know, haven't shown any malicious intent so far, uh, whatever this is. Professor Kaku, I appreciate you coming on today. It's great to see you. Thank you. Whoa. ...tell us that two married couples are friends. One lives on this street, the other lives about two miles away. We're told this all started because one of the husbands 
took the wives out drinking late into the night. We're told that man brought the other wife home close to 3 a.m. Deputies say the woman's husband came outside and confronted them when they got home. And at some point in the argument, investigators tell us the husband, who had been out at the bar, pulled out a gun and shot the 41-year-old homeowner in his driveway. You can see two bullet holes in the garage. People who live nearby tell us they're devastated by the loss of their neighbor. We see each other and he's waiting and and he's all the way by the side of his home and he's Investigators say the suspect took his wife home and left the pistol on his porch, but he reportedly came back and was at the scene when deputies got here and he surrendered himself. We're told the victim's children were home at the time of the shooting. They're now with relatives. Meanwhile, his wife was taken to the hospital because she was so distraught about everything that happened. In North Harris County, Stephanie Whitfield, KHOU, 11 News. Whoa. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much if you have made it this far. Um, thank you very much for joining me and uh, for fighting as hard as you uh, have because we do have a lot of InfoWars out here. We do have a lot of great great magnificent patriots out here that are fighting hard that are staying vigilant that are staying focused they're staying strong and i appreciate every single one of you guys please um don't ever think it doesn't go unnoticed um but um, i get i just want to um, give a quick little notation on the ending of that little that last clip i just played i mean what a world we're living in you know and she had and apparently like i said i just want to replay this real quick what, what, what did they say what did they say the wife had to do home at the time of the shooting they're now with relatives meanwhile his wife was taken to the hospital because she was so distraught about everything that happened okay that's what i was wondering you know i wonder if she was so distraught that you know because of everything that happened because she i mean you know i mean obviously if uh you don't answer your phone for a while and you're out with another guy right after a couple goes out and then you go out and you know and then I mean, come on now. We all know what you were doing. And then you showed up and your husband, knowing full well, like obviously probably knows how you are. And he gets shot for it. I mean, what what a freak. What, man, what what the hell? What what a world, man. What, uh, what, what a world. Uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get to one of our first clips on this Council on Foreign Relations, right? Is Samantha Power, <laughs> where she, okay, so she says... She basically goes on by saying that the world leaders, because they're so progressive, they're going to have a real problem with the upheaval of people because of food insecurities and how that's a real problem for these new progressive leaders and how they need to curb that as soon as possible and how that's a real true threat to our democracy. Right. So let's let's go to this first clip right now. Uh, there are resources, nearly $750 million in food security resources that allow us to try, you know, again, to, to make structural adjustments in our programming to try to help countries meet this this very difficult moment. So so bottom line is when... What's the bottom, uh, what's the bottom line? You tell us. Economic challenges uh, proliferate as is happening now. Uh, leaders are often held accountable when you're uh, a progressive leader trying to... Refer- Alright, so I, I'm going to rewind that real quick because I don't, I didn't want to stop right there because, but, but I had to. I, 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 when they say economic challenges, ladies and gentlemen, what that means is we are not going to be able to eat. 
to them it's economic. Oh, oh, we're there uh, because uh, slaves are going to be the peasants are going to be facing economic challenges. Mm-hmm. Go pour me another, um, you know, another swig of a thousand dollar martini and you know go get me a a big fat pound steak while i see these peasants fight over food (laughs) economic challenges we have to realize what these evil evil people are talking about it's not economic challenges economic challenges you mean the fact that people cannot eat because of the things that you people in power are doing and that's the facts. But let's go back to that. I rewind it a little bit. Let's go back to that. The cascading effects of the war in Ukraine in sub-Saharan Africa and, and beyond. And additionally, uh, there are resources nearly $760 million in food security. Oh, no, those are getting to you, though. That allow us to try, you know, again, to, to make structural adjustments in our programming. Oh, again, she throws up her hands. Throws up her hands again. We're trying to make... You know, we're trying to we're trying to feed some peasants, <laughs> stupid slaves. To try to help countries meet this this very difficult moment. So, so bottom line is when uh, economic challenges uh, proliferate, as is happening now, uh, leaders are often held accountable. When you're uh, a progressive leader trying to reform again, trying to buck these trends, that's going to make your life more challenging. But the truth is, there are plenty of autocratic leaders out there right now as well who are struggling, and I think what we worry about is social unrest, uh, which, of course, accompanied the last food crisis, 2007-2008. We saw uh, a proliferation of protests, some of which gave rise to the Arab Spring. Whoa, and there it is right there. Okay, so... Oh, oh, there's a lot of uh, progressive and uh, uh, autocorrect leaders out there, and what we're worried about is them. We're worried about the leaders not being able to control their slaves, you know what I mean? So, you know, we just want to make sure that we're starving the slaves in the right manner, you know what I mean? Because last time we did that too, too, um, too fast, they gave rise to the Arab Springs. Un- unfreaking believable. Like, she's not worried about the people. She says it right there. She's worried about the leaders. Oh, if you're a progressive leader, we're worried about you. If you're a slave, we're definitely not worried about you. Let's just replay that one more time. Try, you know, again, to, to make structural adjustments in our programming to try to help countries meet this, this very difficult moment. So, so bottom line is when uh, economic challenges uh, proliferate, as is happening now, uh, leaders are often held accountable. When you're uh, a progressive leader trying to reform, again, trying to buck these trends, oh, trying to reform. make your life more challenging. But the truth is, there are plenty of autocratic leaders out there right now as well who are struggling. And oh. I think what we worry about is social unrest, uh, which, of course, accompanied the last food crisis, 2007-2008. We saw uh, a proliferation of protests, some of which gave rise to the Arab Spring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gabe Wright today every spring. We're hoping that happens in America. Hmm. You know, we certainly are paying the feds and making sure the feds uh, infiltrate the Patriot Front. And we're making sure they walk around kind of like uh, the Azov regime in America. You know what I'm saying? Which is going to inadvertently make the police turn against every militia in the country that has American flag patched on them. You see how that works out? You see why the Pentagon and the Department of Homeland Security have been putting out oh bulletins. They've been putting out uh, domestic terrorism bulletins saying that gun owners 
and right wing extremists. Oh my God, there and white people. Those are seriously they they are like they're so dangerous. But sir, we're 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 we actually infiltrated them. We're the ones that are organizing them. Don't say that out loud. What the hell's the matter with you, guys? We're living in dangerous times, man. We're living in dangerous, dangerous, dangerous times. I mean, and and, and what's what's sad about it is we're all just drinking the Kool Aid too. <laughs> we're all drinking the Kool Aid like a motherfucker. <clears throat> Now, I'm sorry for um, my language. I, I'm honestly trying to curb it. But, I mean, you know, I'm, every now and then it's just like, man, wow. Wow. So, basically, ladies and gentlemen, what's going on uh, is there's a January 6th committee for um, Roe versus Wade now. The Biden administration is making deals with Russia because they are saying to the American people, our sanctions were so hard that Russia is beating Ukraine's ass and their economy is booming. The January 6th committee has been put on hold because obviously they have no idea what they're doing or what they're talking about. Now Samantha Power is out here talking about how we're so worried about the world leaders because the progressive world leaders are going to be facing challenges because we plan on starving and killing everyone. Kind of like what we did in the Arab Springs. But, you know, I mean, you know, how's your day? You know what I'm saying? All right, guys, enough fooling around. We're going to get to, uh, we're going to, get to a couple more clips, so we're going to end this broadcast. But this next clip is, is just that much more awesome. So listen, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, getting to this next clip, guys, and um, this next clip is is even even more hysterical, guys. Like I was just stating, um, so this is Samantha Power, uh, Samantha Power, admitting to the Biden administration, uh, Biden administration, setting aside three point five billion dollars in all of a seven billion dollars to give back to the Taliban. To give back to Afghanistan, to give back to Al Qaeda, the Biden administration made through executive order to give 3.5 billion dollars back to Al Qaeda. I, I shit you not, guys. Here, listen, listen to what Samantha Power says. Listen to this. And I think it's one that, um, as you see, actually from the administration that preceded ours. Oh. Um, you know where everybody expected, and I think. The Trump administration's own budget request would have slashed USAID budgets by huge amounts and forced us to lay off our, our local staff around the world and cut programming across sectors. Oh, around the world, right? Oh, the Trump administration right there. I see. I had to stop it because I totally forgot she said that, too. Oh, the Trump administration stopped our uh, world profit and our work our, and our world, our world workforce around the world and you know what I mean well that cut cost for us majorly because Trump was bringing all the jobs back to America and that's why we had to stop him damn it you know like you gotta be freaking kidding me here let me play that listen to this it's democracy and authoritarianism where China's coming in and and it's often uh, or who's up or who's down in Washington and I think it's one that um, as you see actually from the administration that preceded ours um, you know, where everybody expected, and I think the Trump administration's own budget request would have slashed USAID budgets by huge amounts and forced us to lay off our, our local staff around the world and cut programming across sectors. 
and it was Republicans up on the Hill who protected that budget and, and Mark. Oh, okay. Okay, so she says, okay, so this is the Council on Foreign Relations, right? Which is, it, it's exactly what it says, Council on Foreign Relations, nothing to do with America. She says, our local workforce around the world. Oh, and the Trump administration, they slashed that by, 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 uh, by, a, by a lot. They slashed that by a large amount, right? Then he brought all the jobs back to America. And she was pissed about that. You can see the freaking, you can see the look in her face. Well, um, I'm going to go on and get to the juicy doocy. Mark Green, my predecessor, was able to continue programming begun in the, in the Obama administration and expand in certain areas. Two quick uh, questions that I can ask you to look inward at the administration for a second. How do you feel about the U.S. using Afghan funds, some of those Afghan funds for 9-11 families in the middle of the humanitarian crisis? And... Um, do you feel it's appropriate for President Biden to meet with MBS in Saudi, um, given the human rights record? She's trying her hardest to say, oh, given the human rights record. You mean given the track record of the military? Cutting off the tits of women so they can't breastfeed their children? You mean the track record of them killing Almost eighty percent of the Yemen population. You mean you mean that uh, human rights track record? You mean that? Okay. Yeah. So I'd say on the on the first question that you know the Biden administration through executive order has made three point five billion dollars in reserves. Uh, you know, of, available of the seven billion. You know, that's the minimum that will go back to Afghanistan. I think the the core challenge um, is. Uh, that there is uh, a liquidity crisis, uh, an economic crisis. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Don't say it too fast, honey. What'd you say? Say that. Say that one more time for us. For 9/11 families in the middle of the humanitarian crisis, and um, do you feel it's appropriate for President Biden to meet with MBS in Saudi, um, given? The human rights record. So I'd say on the on the first question that you know the Biden administration through executive order has made 3.5 billion dollars in reserves, uh, you know, of, available of the seven billion. You know, that's the minimum that will go back to Afghanistan. I think the, the oh, I'll go back to Afghanistan. You mean the same Afghanistan that's that's controlled by Al Qaeda right now by the Taliban? Like you, you mean you mean that Afghanistan? So we're gonna we're so the Biden administration just gave three point five billion dollars of seven billion dollars back. Uh, just gave just gave it to the Taliban. You know how the Biden administration rolls. He's just trying to you know help our enemies out. You know I don't know what the problem is. That's I, I it's amazing to me. It's it's literally amazing to me what she just said. Well, we made uh, of that seven billion dollars. We've made we've given three point five billion dollars back to the Taliban. So I mean, the it's all good. Biden administration, through executive order, has made three point five billion dollars in reserves. Uh, you know, available of the seven billion. You know, that's the minimum that will go back to Afghanistan. I think the the core challenge um, is fucking real. Uh, that there is uh, a liquidity crisis. Uh, an economic crisis, an unwillingness on the part of the Taliban to do even sort of the basic 
things that one would need to do to ensure a kind of independent, technocratic governance, for example, of the central bank there. And so the steps taken on that side uh, show way too little urgency, no urgency, and, a, and a, almost a coldness uh, to the effects uh, I mean, no surprise, I, I, I know, but... Um, <laughs> she says, oh, I'm, oh, she's surprised. She's surprised. We went to war with these people. We just gave them $3.5 billion, and they're still telling us to F off. But Samantha Power, on Council on Foreign Relations, she is so surprised. She's so surprised. She never saw it coming, right? Kind of like Janet Yellen being in charge of uh, being in charge of how much money we print, and then she gets surprised about inflation. You know, I mean, it's 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 often when these when it's 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 kind of like a that kind of seems to be like a, a, a how do you say like a, a thing with these with these libtards or a thing with these. Uh, the left or, or the you know with these people you know oh I got surprised when uh, when we printed all this money and then inflation happened oh we got surprised after we gave the Taliban 3.5 billion dollars and we went to war with them we got surprised we're gonna give them 7 billion dollars but we still got surprised when they gave us the middle finger after they after we gave it to them, like, what's their problem? You know what I mean? Like, we just, you know, went to war with them. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what their problem is. But anyways, yeah, guys. So isn't that, um, isn't that just, isn't that just a smack in the face? I mean, honestly, if you're a veteran and you're listening to this, that's a, oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, uh, that, and don't worry, they're going to give the whole $7 billion to the Taliban. And then they're going to act surprised when the Taliban gives them the middle finger. Like, it's unfucking believable. Anyway. Anyways, guys, uh, we're gonna, all right, so we're going to get to this, uh, we're going to get to one more clip. I have one more clip I'm going to play, guys, and then we're going we're gonna, to, that's going to bring me into the end of this broadcast, and we're going to follow up. With uh, Bandot video, ladies and gentlemen, um, with uh, uh, more more likely with the War Room with Alex, uh, um, uh, with War Room with Owen Shorter. Christ, I cannot speak. But let me just get to this last clip, ladies and gentlemen, because it's 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 that just more detailing and that just more an open admission of what the hell is going on in Washington, you know. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, this last clip is um, Samantha Power discussing. Um, what she thinks about disinformation, um, domestic domestic threats, ladies and gentlemen, and she, this this last clip is honestly, I don't want to say it's the scariest clip, but it, it's it's really it's really really um, it's very very subliminal. But in essence, what she's saying is they have overthrown the American form of democracy in America and replaced it with a different form of technocratic de democracy. And she goes on by, because she kind of stutters a little bit, and then she goes on by saying, oh, well, we, we can employ some tools out of democracy, you know, and she, and, you know, we can employ these tools out of this democracy, whether it's for disinformation and blah, 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 blah. But she literally kind of goes on, she, she just kind of admits to saying that, well, we've overthrown the American form of a republic and made it a monarch. 
And that's exactly what we're starting to see now. Like, what the hell is a January 6th committee? We really think about that. It's a separate law basis. That is, It's a separate entity completely away from American law. And they have been charging people and holding people in confinement ever since January 6th, or ever since, I should say, in the weeks after January 6th. Treating them like war criminals under no law, by the way. They have no jurisdiction to keep these people locked up. And now with Kamala Harris doing the same thing, it's a January 6th, they're calling it a round table, but what it really is is a January 6th freaking committee for Roe versus Wade. And now with Samantha Power just basically admitting, so no, well, we, we've gotten rid of the old form of democracy and replaced it with this new form, and we had these tools that we can use against disinformation. Or blah, blah, blah. But all right, just let me get to the clip, guys. I don't want to put words in the mouth. Let me get to this. Retooling the democracy promotion toolkit for uh, USA, for the U.S. government, working with Secretary Retooling. You know, and and we have a, a, a really fresh Let me play marriage back. example is what people believe the United Let me uh, let me just play it back real quick. All right, I'm gonna go. Even violence, and you know what the same-sex marriage, you know, first the the sort of cascading decisions in in the states and the state courts uh, and legislatures, and then ultimately the Supreme Court's enshrinement of that. I mean, what it meant. You know, to those people living um, in, in, you know, often with just fear of being themselves, and and so it's just it all matters. It's all oh, it's all part of yeah. what people believe. Because it's 2022, ladies and gentlemen. Gays are still, they're so scared about being gay that they're walking around and showing up in schools grooming children. That's how, that's how scared they are. We have to, if we are, I mean, I've made a huge investment. We haven't had a chance to talk about it. Maybe we'll the questions. But in retooling the democracy promotion toolkit for USA, for the U.S. government, working with Secretary Blinken, Okay. Uh, you know, and and we have a, a, a really fresh and I think cutting edge toolbox now, which again maybe we can talk about. Um, but mm. you know that is going to be really <laughs> something that that <coughs> will be when any of those tools are employed, whether it's on you know the fight against disinformation or protecting journalists. Um, who are uncovering corruption in the country that they're in, or any one of these these sort of tools that are meant to be responsive to this moment, it will be really hard to be effective with all of that um, if we're in a world where countries question whether the United States uh, respects and believes in the peaceful transfer of power, whether oh. you know, when we, when I or Secretary Lincoln or, or anybody go to another country after an election and say to an incumbent, you lost, you know, you've got to respect the results. You know, that, of course, like how that message is going to be heard by, you know, the world's leading democracy promoter is going to be affected by whether or not we at the national level and at the state level and even at the secretary of state level are respecting results of elections. So everything is connected to everything else. And uh, I think that any disconnect there is going to be um, very, very damaging for the broader struggle between democracy and authoritarianism that we are most certainly um, in the midst of right now. 
Oh, wow. Okay, Samantha Powell. We are in the midst of a mix of democracy and authoritarianism. That's why I talk about that's why I talk about this new form of democracy and how we have different, you know, cutting edge tools to shut down disinformation. Or, or if a foreign election is going out in the other part of the world, because, you know, foreign elections in other part of the world are so important to us right now. Sir, I can't find any tampons on the shelf. Shut up! What's that? You can't afford to eat? We don't care. We're worried about freaking climate change. We're worried about other countries' elections. We're worried about about creating another January 6th committee for Roe versus Wade. That's what we're worried about, okay? And you know what else we're worried about? We're worried about making sure the American people have cheap drugs and wide range of internet, all right? We're dealing with real problems right now. What are you dealing with? What? You can't afford to eat food, drink water, or have your electricity on. Slave. We're worried about real things. Okay? It doesn't matter if you're getting robbed at the 7-Eleven every two seconds over your over your last $7 of, 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 of gasoline in your car. No one cares about that. Honestly. <laughs> I can't fucking do it, man. I'm sorry, but it's it's uh yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, um uh yeah. So anyways, you know, that's gonna bring us to bring us to the end of this broadcast. Thank you very much for joining me on this segment because it's 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 been very, very interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that much. We have world powers completely just crapping all over us. We have our politicians that care more about freaking getting drugs to to Americans and free internet, then whether or not you have tampons on the shelf for women, whether or not women have have freaking access to even feed their children baby formula, it's 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 getting outrageous, ladies and gentlemen. And all the while, all the like all this is going on while we sit here and argue with each other. We're the only ones that are being affected by all this, all the all these polarizing and all these divisive politicians, these corrupt evil politicians and we're just sucking at the teeth. I would highly suggest of us finding another cow and suck on that nipple. I'm just I, I'm just trying to say maybe we should change nipples. Okay? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Man, I, I, it's a different I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, follow me on Twitter, guys. I'm going to put the Twitter link in the description. Follow me on Instagram. I'll put that link in the description. And we are still in the make of creating our uh, new Facebook page for Subliminal Message Studios. But as soon as we do that, guys, we will put that link in the description as too. In the meanwhile, follow me right here on Anchor. Follow me on Spotify and or Rumble. Thank you very much once again for joining me on this broadcast. I'm your host, Leonardo, reporting for Subliminal Message Studios in this crazy world. Thank you very much again. And I will see you out there.